0: We are a flexible and innovative species, and we have the capacity to adapt and modify our behavior. Now, we most certainly have to do so if we're to deal with climate change. It's the biggest challenge we have yet faced. The same thing that keeps the Earth warm, that keeps the earth warm. CO2, CO2 2 may 2 make 2 the Earth too warm. The earth 2 2 2 2 warm. 2 it holds in heat. heat. Methane, carbon's water, vapor, and carbon dioxide. They all trap heat. Methane, chlorophora carbons, water, vapor, and carbon dioxide. They all trap heat. It is important that the world get together To face the problems which attack us as a unit. The evidence is clear. The globe is getting too warm, too warm. We can avoid climate catastrophes. We can do this. We can change the world. Science offers us answers for these huge challenges. It's one global ecosystem. We can do this. We can change the world.
1: Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. Show about caring, sharing, And preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again: circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you on your community radio, ninety-one point one FM. My name is Tree Song, and we have a guest with us here on the radio, on on the phone, on the radio. Can you hear us? Or? I think I'm here. Yes, we hear you too. So, yeah, that was a little snippet of Symphony of Science, our biggest challenge. Now, to really appreciate that one, you got to find it online and uh, see the video that goes with it. But you can get it from the words, too. Catchy tune.
0: Hey, but before we get into the news... I think I've announced this once before, but the Illinois Solar Energy Society is doing a raffle for a Tesla.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't get that in the, the email version, but yeah. Do you have those details?
0: Um, If you just go to, let's see, illinoisolar.org slash Tesla 2014, hmm. they're only selling 2,000 tickets, and... Um, Basically, chance to get a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you also receive a Bosch Home charger with it, so it's not like they're just going to give you the car and not a way to charge it. Hmm. But, you know, a Tesla is like the top-of-the-line electric
1: yeah, it car is. out there. Yeah, I don't so. know if you're familiar with the online comic The Oatmeal, uh, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've got one about the Tesla now, the Tesla Model S, because... The person who does the the oatmeal has a Model S, and so he wrote this wonderful, you know, infographic about how much he loves the car, and you know, it's in his his quirky style and all that. So check out. I'll go ahead
0: and share the link also on our um, Facebook group. So what do you call it? Do people know that our your community spirit has a group where we post things and we talk about things?
1: Hopefully, they know. If not, it's pretty easy to find. You go to Facebook and look for your community spirit.
0: or you can just listen, huh? Yeah. So, what do we have important to talk about?
1: Oh, let's see. Here's a little bit of Climate Hawk news. Climate Hawk Tom Steyer is spending $50 million on elections. I mean, we usually hear about spending in the other direction. (laughs) Climate deniers, science-haters, and planet-degraders, here's the latest on your newest and deepest-pocketed political foe. As Gris Ben-Adler told us in February, billionaire climate activist Tom Steyer is spoiling for an expensive battle against politicians who are standing in the way of climate action. Steyer plans to funnel about $50 million into campaigns this year to support climate-friendly political candidates and to attack the climate-denying variety. His super PAC, Next Gen Climate, expects to raise that much again from other like-minded donors for a total war chest of $100 million, vast amount that Adler pointed out will nonetheless pale in comparison to the fossil fuel industry's spending on its candidates of choice. So yeah, some details have come out. Independent efforts run by this super PAC will include television ads, on-the-ground field organizing, get-out-the-vote operations that seek to mobilize voters, on the local impacts of climate change. So it's a pretty big deal. Uh, they're highlighting issues such as drought in Iowa, rising cost of flood insurance in Florida, and other related issues. It's also spotlighting the climate change skepticism of GOP, Senate, and gubernatorial candidates. So, yeah. I mean, it's it was an int- interesting story for me because... On the one hand, I kind of like what he's doing with the the $50 million. But on the other hand, it's still a case of money ruling politics.
0: Well, I I saw something recently that said that something like 91% of the winners of political races spent more money. Yeah. So it is... It is, unfortunately, about the money. so It's
1: all about the Benjamins.
0: So they are going to use it for three main tactics. Of course, provide significant resources to support candidates who are on the right side of climate policy, but also target extreme candidates who deny basic science and are beholden to the special interests of the fossil fuel industry. And then, of course, deploy climate as a wedge issue to turn out key voters particularly you know persuadable voters and drop-off voters who are traditionally absent in midterm elections yeah midterm elections get a lot less voters but here's a chance to get some people out and about right yeah so now on the high end Pope Francis says Christians should fight climate change. Hmm. Pope Francis just said religious people have an obligation to fight climate change. It's part of being a good steward of creation, after all. The Pope actually gave an address to a large crowd in Rome as part of a series on the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. This one was about knowledge. To paraphrase, don't be a dumbass. Take care of the earth. I, I just paraphrased Pope Francis.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's basically what he was saying.
0: Let's, you know, let's expand upon that a little bit. <laughs> the gift of knowledge helps us to avoid falling prey to excessive or incorrect attitudes. The first lies in the risk of considering ourselves masters of creation. Creation is not property that we can rule over at will or even less the property of only a few. Now, these are words that Pope Francis is saying. Yeah, Creation is a gift, a wonderful gift that God has given us that we care for it and we use it for the benefit of all, always with great respect and gratitude. We are the custodians of creation. But when we exploit creation, we destroy the sign of God's love for us. Safeguard creation, because if we destroy creation... Creation will destroy us. Never forget this. Hmm. Powerful words from Pope Francis. Yeah. Saying Christians should fight climate change.
1: Yeah, those are powerful words, you know. And if, if he wanted to, he could, you know, he's got money, he's got power. He could just say, oh, just just take all the stuff, you know. Keep all the goodies, give me my 10%, and it's all good. But instead he's coming out with this message of respect and love for the entire world. So... I thought that was a pretty powerful message. And I think it's good, too, because often with any question that is an ethical question, a moral question, people often look to their uh, religious spiritual leaders. There are also some people who are non-religious, and they may have other ethical codes they look to, but there's such a large number of people who belong to some sort of religious tradition that I, I feel like it's very important for the leaders of these traditions to speak on these matters. And Pope Francis why well,
0: did that unfortunately, climate change is the single most decisive issue in politics. Mm-hmm. i mean it is it is literally more of a decisive political issue than abortion, guns, or even evolution. yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah, should we get into that story? That seems like a good segue. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've got a story about that uh. right here. Poll says climate change is the single most divisive issue. <laughs> climate change remains a divisive political issue. Significant percentage of Republicans saying they don't believe the scientific consensus that man-made industrial emissions are accelerating the rise of global temperatures. But is it really the most divisive issue? More so than all of these you just mentioned? Abortion, guns, evolution? Apparently it is. According to the new polling data from Lawrence Hamilton of the, the Carsey Institute at the University of New Hampshire. Mother Jones's Chris Mooney highlighted the data in a piece on Tuesday, noting that distrust of science was not uh, was much higher among people who self-identified as Tea Partiers than it was among traditional Republicans. The most interesting part of the research, however, is the difference between all Republicans, a category that includes the Tea Partiers as well as the more traditional Republicans, and all the Democrats on key policy issues. So, yeah, this it basically measured the... It's trying to see how controversial an issue is. So it mes- measured the difference in percentage points in who supported or uh, disagreed with the statement. And they found a 53-point difference between Democrats and Republicans on climate change. That's bigger than on gun control and bigger on abortion, which is weird to me to realize because, you know, I grew up with remembering all of these controversial debates of, you know, What should be policy on abortion? What should be policy on gun control? Like, those were the hot-pun issues that if you really wanted to get into an argument, (laughs) you would bring it up and you'd have an argument. But now, even more than that, people are debating climate change. I think it's because it has such a big impact, honestly. I mean, even the people who don't believe in it or claim not to, they know that policy on climate change is going to affect everything, so they get really adamant about it.
0: I mean, this, this poll results actually s- seem to support the idea that climate change is no longer really, or never has really been about science. I mean, it would explain why all the scientific evidence in the world. I mean, there's been some major, major scientific reports come out that says climate change is happening, and yet there's still this major decisive political issue, a great divide between, you know, Republicans and Democrats that, I mean, where does this distrust in science come from? I mean, that's like a cultural thing ingrained in, you know, a major percentage of our population.
1: Yeah, it does seem to be a cultural thing. And it seems to be, you know... a lot of the people I hear talk about this, you know, it's a fear of fear of losing control, like a fear that if they adopt this belief that they're gonna lose control of other things. Like they maybe they can't believe their religious beliefs. They, can, or they have to change their economic beliefs. But really, I mean it's it's not true. There are people of many different religious beliefs who care about climate change. There are people of many different economic perspectives that are trying to respond to it. So it's it does seem to be a cultural thing, and it, I feel like a lot of work needs to be done on environmental communication and climate change communication so that we can find ways to talk about it that don't get people people's defenses riled up.
0: So what? is there anything we can do about it?
1: Well, let's see. There's this event coming up. This one is Meet Me in New York in September, says Bill McKibben. <laughs> It's not every day that Rolling Stone, the magazine, publishes a call for its readers to engage in a massive act of civil disobedience. But that's exactly what happened on Wednesday. Right? <laughs> yes, Rolling Stone published a call for civil disobedience. And here's a quote from it. This is an invitation. An invitation to come to New York City. An invitation to anyone who'd like to prove to themselves and to their children that they give a damn about the biggest crisis our civilization has ever faced. The Call's author, Bill McKibben, uh, and 350.org, the organization he co-founded, are planning a protest in New York this September 21st and 22nd, which is not coincidentally at the exact same time and place as the next UN Climate Summit. So the Climate Summit is going on in the UN. Uh, September 21st and 22nd is going to be the protest. Here's another quote. we will tell your grandchildren, assuming we win, writes McKibben. Though some some might argue that this discounts the very real possibility that, even in the event of a loss, enough marchers might survive through the floods, the plagues, the famines, and the civil unrest of unchecked climate change to pass on the story. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully either way some people will survive, but I feel like if this climate movement is successful, a lot more people will survive. And, you know, just think about that too. I imagine that often, especially because I'm a fiction writer, you know, I imagine the future and like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Imagine that conversation you're having with a young person at that time and they're asking, you know, I've heard about this climate movement. Like what were you, what were your actions back then? How were you involved in that?
0: What do you think the point of having this massive act of civil disobedience will accomplish?
1: I mean, that's a good question. I think a lot of it comes down to trying to, uh, like, the communication issue. I hope they're putting a lot of thought into how to communicate at this at this march, at this protest. Because, uh, I mean, they're partially communicating to the world leaders who are gathering there, but they're also commun- communicating to the community leaders. In New York, in the US, around the world, and what is the message going to be? How are they going to make this difference than every other time somebody marches because they're upset? You know. I'd like to see us find ways to, uh, to have these sorts of big public events that show people's concern about an issue, but communicate about it as effectively as possible. <laughs>
0: Do you think doing a big protest like this is important, or what do you think is the most important thing to do to focus on climate change?
1: Really, I think that's a good question. That's something I'm trying to figure out myself. I think a lot of it comes... I think really important is coming up with solutions, because... You know, I've, it, you've got to tell people about the problem, but you've also got to tell them about a solution to the problem. Like there's the Solutions Project, for example, that you can check out online, just the SolutionsProject.org, I believe. And they're working on this plan to develop renewable energy for the entire U.S. by 2030, getting the whole U.S. to switch over to to solar, to wind, to water, and to get it done by 2030. So that's a really, a really big, a really bold goal and it's a solution. It's proposing something that's gonna give us energy, give us jobs, and maybe you can use protest events like this to highlight something like the Solutions Project, you know. You can go to those world leaders and say, hey look, we've got this great big plan with a lot of details about how we could all be using renewable energy. How about some of you look into that and (laughs) maybe even implement it?
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a big fight in Ohio right now where they're trying to stop renewable energy from happening and they just delayed the vote on it because of all the renewable energy advocates. And so that the same thing happened in Arizona. It's, they're really fighting back. They're really pushing back to try to stop, you know, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's bad, it's bad enough to me that these fossil fuel companies are continuing with their momentum and doing all this damage in the process. I mean, I understand people get stuck in business models that are destructive and they don't know what to, else to do. They're like, oh, I own this company. This is the way I'm making money. But it's even worse when you, uh, uh, when you have, uh, you know, when you have this situation where you're actively fighting against the solutions, you know, it's bad, it's bad enough that you've got like, your business model destroying the planet, but you're going out of your way to stop solar, stop wind, stop hydro.
0: Memorial Day is coming up. Do you know what the r- origin of Memorial Day?
1: Uh, i've heard i
0: there's different stories out there,
1: yeah I've heard that uh I've heard that actually Carbondale was one of the first memorial days. there's a debate about which one was the first
0: well it was officially proclaimed that John a Logan you know the commander of uh you know in like the eighteen sixties created a day to you know um so I think, I don't know if the first one was in Carbondale, but, you know, Johnny Logan's obviously from Carbondale, right?
1: Well, I think what I heard was that they had one, they had one in Carbondale that was believed to be the first, but it wasn't on what is currently Memorial Day. So people debate like, well, the first one on the current day was in a different place, so <laughs> which one counts as the first one? But yeah, a long history of celebrating Memorial Day here in Southern Illinois. And it's coming up this weekend. Well, you know, it's coming up on Monday. So other holidays we have coming up. International Jazz Day is coming up on Saturday. We've got jazz shows here on WDBX, so you can check those out during the week to celebrate International Jazz Day.
0: you're going to skip National Escargot Day? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'll be honest. I've never had Escargot. I can't speak to whether or not I like it, but I don't suspect I would.
0: It sounds fancier than snails. Yeah. <laughs> but Sunday is National Missing Children's Day and also Tap Dance Day.
1: hmm Yeah, and Monday, as we mentioned, is Memorial Day. Also coming up is Sally Ride Day. Sally Ride was the astronaut, uh, female astronaut, the first American female astro- astronaut actually in space.
0: I actually kind of vaguely remember that when that happened.
1: Yeah, I remember that um, too, too. You know, I was growing up at the time. <laughs> I was a little kid, so I was very... I was very focused on, you know, these cool people going out into space and how, you know, I watched it in science fiction, but then in real life you had people going into space, so I remember that pretty well.
0: Tuesday is Sunscreen Day. I think, shouldn't Monday be Sunscreen Day with everybody going out there and spending time in Memorial Day and then Tuesday be Burnt Skin Day?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Tuesday through Wednesday can be Skin Recovery Day. (laughs) Day. Yeah, and Wednesday is Amnesty International Day. Amnesty International does a lot of great work in order to try to get amnesty and awareness for political prisoners. So, Amnesty International Day.
0: And then the most important day of the week, learn about Composting Day. That's Thursday it's like don't throw away your veggies don't throw away it's not waste until you waste it right
1: yeah and i can remember you know i grew up in an urban environment where i wasn't taught composting so i can still remember learning about it and realizing wow you you take all these food scraps and yard scraps and you put them together and they turn into soil that's that's pretty amazing <laughs> And then then yeah. you realize the waste that happens if you take all that and then you just throw it in the landfill. Because like, it won't do it there. There it'll be an anaerobic environment, and you'll find, you know, rotten banana peels 20 years later. But, yeah, the magic of composting. I learn
0: anything about composting at the Friday night fair. I mean, there's locally grown produce there, so maybe there's a farmer there who can do a little teaching about it. Yeah. So... I mean, the, the simplest thing is you just pile it up in your backyard and just let it, you know, rot essentially. But if you do, if you mix it to the right mix, I mean, I learned from a composter who did an acre of compost about how to do it in, you know, four or five weeks. Basically turn raw material, um, leaves and veggie scraps and, um, you know, horse manure into a really beautiful black, the 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 updated black gold, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, the fossil fuels people talk about black gold, but you know, really, our rich fertile soil is black gold, and you can really make a lot of that with compost.
0: So tonight is the Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair from six to nine p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion. It's always fun. Because it's a free community event featuring local grown produce, a food court, a variety of handmade products and services, live music, and then there's a lot of times there's that, all the kids games. There's usually quite a few people who show up. The music this week is secondary modern. And so it'll be every Friday in May and June at the Townscore Pavilion.
1: Yes, that's good times. I still haven't made it out yet this season, but I want to, so maybe, maybe tonight will be the night. Carbondale Community Farmer's Market is coming up on Saturday, tomorrow.
0: There's a lot of good Carbondale Community things, huh?
1: Yeah. We've got a good community but, going on here.
0: <laughs> did, when, when is that event about um, talking about doing uh, a year-round Carbondale Farmer's Market? I remember seeing that there was... I haven't seen that maybe yet. Maybe someone, someone could let us know about it. I forgot.
1: Yeah. If you email it to us, you can email info at yourcommunityspirit.org.
0: So I distracted you. The Carbondale Community Farmers Market.
1: Yeah, it's 9 a.m. to noon tomorrow. And they've got all sorts of goodies, good food there, good agriculture, other arts and crafts, and it's a good place to check out.
0: Also on Saturdays, the weekly vigil for peace and justice. This weekly vigil for peace and justice happens every Saturday from noon until one at the Town Square Pavilion in Carbondale, standing up and standing out since December 2001. This is sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois and the Fellowship of Reconciliation.
1: Yes, glad they're holding that vigil. Also coming up this weekend, it's about to start. Actually, the Heartwood Forest Council. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now because it's such a big event. It rotates where it happens, and this year it's happening right here in the Shawnee. It's happening today through Monday at Camp Andesong. The 2014 Heartwood Forest Council: A Climate of Extraction will be held Friday to Monday at Camp Andesong near Stone Fort, at the heart of the Shawnee National Forest. Weekend will focus on information sharing, networking, and strategies for combining all types of resource, for combating all types of resource extraction that threaten our forests, our water, our climate, and our communities. Now there, it's a weekend long event, but if you just can go for a day, they also have day passes available too. You can go to heartwood.org to check out all the details. It's at heartwood.org slash forest dash council is where the details are at. And it's going to have all sorts of presenters, presenters, uh, about Bellsmith Springs, presenters from the Shawnee Sentinels talking about fracking in the region, Community Environmental Legal Defense Fund. Also going to be some great music. Uh, tonight at 9pm is Raj and Bob, and tomorrow at 9pm is the Better Days Band. So, for more details on the schedule, it's heartwood.org, and it's going to be a great weekend.
0: All right, I found the press release from the City of Carbondale, the news release. Yeah. The public meeting will be June 3rd to discuss a year-round farmer's market facility.
1: Oh, wow, there we go, June 3rd.
0: So, the City of Carbondale and Food Works will host the public information center to discuss the development of a year-round farmer's market facility. Fidel Diego, the architect in um, from the Department of Agriculture, Will be pres- present to help facilitate discussion. So, um, mark your calendar for seven p.m. at the Carbondale Civic Center on June third.
1: Yes, that sounds like a really good event. We always talk about farmers markets on here, and they're talking about a big special place dedicated to farmers markets.
0: And if you would like to receive basically everything we talk about in an email. Um, please email info at yourcommunityspirit.org and while I'm at it, let me remember to forward this to everybody Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So we have just over a hundred people on our mailing list that we send it out to, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if you're on the list, you often get a sneak preview because, you know, don't you sometimes send it before the show?
0: Yep, this morning I actually had to um, go and do two site visits with my electrician, so I just barely made it back in time for the show. So,
1: hmm. <laughs> All right, well, it looks like we actually finished on time. <laughs> it's been, once again been an exciting, informative episode of Your Community Spirit.
0: All right, see you again on the radio next week. Yes,
1: see you next week on the radio. In the meantime... Enjoy some time out in the woods, whether it's at Heartwood or anywhere else.